Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I'm Natasha Daniels, and today we're going to be talking about how to parent children with OCD. This episode is sponsored by No OCD, which is an app that will track exposure exercises and your child's compulsions and obsessions. It's an amazing app and it is free and you can find it in the Apple store. And it's something that I use in my practice to supplement therapy. And it's something that parents can use at home, whether their child's in therapy or not. So definitely go check that out. So today's topic came up because somebody in my private Facebook group was talking about how to parent their child with OCD. And it's a common question that I get a lot because how to handle ritualistic behavior is counterintuitive. And so a lot of times what parents think is being a good parent is actually harming their child's progress with OCD. And so I want to get into that today because I feel like that's a common struggle I see in my practice as well. As far as, you know, what do you do when your child is having all these compulsions? Are you supposed to give in? Are you supposed to not give in? And unfortunately, most of the time, kids with OCD will involve their parents on some level with their compulsions. And that's just not fair, right? Because it's hard enough to have a kid with OCD, but then for them to involve you, that's ridiculous. So what are you going to do? That's just part of life, right? But I want to spend time today talking to you about what you're supposed to do about that. So there are many levels of how kids involve their parents. Sometimes it starts off pretty subtly, especially with the toddlers and preschoolers that I see that have OCD. They will just be, it will look like demanding behavior. And so they might tell their parents, you know, to sit here or they want the red cup and not the blue cup. And they they might seem like they're just very particular and maybe just very anxious about their environment and how they want things done. But what I do see with kids who have OCD is they take it one step further and they dictate everything their parent does. And so they kind of see their parent as an extension of themselves. And so they will like move their parents' arms in the way that they want to be touched or held, or they will tell their parent to stand in a certain direction or wear certain clothes. I've seen this a lot. And if the child doesn't get what they want, they'll have a huge meltdown. And this is a dilemma for parents because they feel bad. It's apparent their child has anxiety, but normally they're, they're really little and they haven't been diagnosed with OCD yet. And maybe the parent doesn't even have OCD on their radar. And so they don't want to cause any more distress for their child. Unfortunately, however, if you give in to your child's demands, if they want you to redo something. And now I'm talking about little kids, but this now can go way beyond to any age. You know, if your child, you open a door in a certain way and your child wants you to close it and redo it and not that they want to do it because, you know, toddlers, they totally want to do everything themselves. So a lot of anxious controlling toddlers and even typical toddlers without anxiety, you know, you have to like shut the door and they want to open it. I don't know if you had a kid like that, but I totally all three of my kids were like that. So we couldn't get anywhere because I always had to like, Oh, Nope. Somebody had to open the door. So we have to shut it and they have to open it. 
that's super annoying and probably should not be accommodated. (laughs) But when it's OCD, it's even more important that you don't accommodate it because what's happening in the brain is they're developing an OCD loop. And so the brain is not operating the way it should. And I'm not going to get into the biology of it today. That'd be a good episode just to talk about the biology of OCD because I find that fascinating and you may not. So we don't want to bore you with that. But when your child does a compulsive behavior, it's creating that loop. Kind of think of it as like a little road. I equate it to like a road and OCD might start with a dirt road And the more they do that compulsive behavior, the bigger that road gets. When you complete the OCD loop, then that road is getting paved and it's growing bigger. And by the time they can turn into a teenager or in their 20s, you can have somebody with a highway of compulsive behavior. And then to break down that highway is going to be super tricky because now we're going to have to get in. I don't know what all that equipment is. What's the equipment called when you like break cement? <laughs> That's totally unrelated, but you know, you're gonna have to get like special equipment to, in to come and break the highway that was built, i.e. therapists and medication. And you're going to have to remove all that cement and get it off to get it into a dirt road. And then you're going to have to detour and put up detour signs and say, no, 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 this road is closed. We're not going down here. I know I'm going a little crazy with this analogy, but that's, that is in, in essence what's happening in the brain. So when you have a little kid, they're just starting to pave their road. They're just recognizing that they have this compulsive road that they want to build. And when you don't give in to the OCD loop, you're helping them not create that road. And you don't want to create big highways in your child's brain. So you want to break that early And that's a good way to think about it when you feel like you're being cruel and you're not giving in to their OCD is that you're, you're helping them not create that highway in their brain. So let's talk about some examples of how kids will do this. Now, unfortunately they more often than not involve their parents in their ritualistic behavior. That's good. And it's bad. It's good because if it involves you, you can not complete the OCD loop, which is helpful. It's bad because it's going to make you feel really guilty and it's going to involve you which means that they're going to nag you and they're going to have anger towards you when you don't do what their OCD wants you to do. So as I said before, it'll start off with maybe some demands to stand here, wear this, repeat this back to me. A lot of times they'll want you to say something in a certain way. So I've had kids who will leave the house and they're afraid of throwing up and they might say to their parent, you need to tell me I'm going to have a good day. So the parent will say, you're going to have a good day. And then they might say, no, tell me you're going to have a good day and you're not going to get sick. And then the parent will say, you're going to have a good day and you're not going to get sick. And what they just did is they completed an OCD ritualistic loop right there because the child wants the parent to say that as a compulsive behavior. So it may not seem that way. It might seem like you're giving them reassurance, but when they want you to say it and they want you to say it in a certain way and they want you to say it every day, then that's a, a better indication that you're looking at a compulsion and not just kind of a habit or routine. As with everything I ever talk about, I always get like ahead of myself, but I should, I should say this at the beginning of every podcast, but I don't because I always forget. And then I remember when I'm talking, but go seek out a mental health professional. If you're not sure if your child is having compulsive behavior, go get an assessment, make sure that person specializes in OCD because there really aren't that many 
therapists that actually specialize and understand OCD to the level that they really need to, to give a full assessment. So find someone who specializes in it and, and then that way you have support and you can ask them, Hey, do you think this is compulsive behavior or is this just her needing reassurance? Because reassurance is like kryptonite for beating OCD. And that sounds really weird, but it's true. Reassurance is the worst thing for OCD because you want kids to learn how to adapt and deal with the unknown. So I may or may not get sick if I touch this doorknob or something may or may not happen that is bad if you don't wear that certain outfit. Part of beating OCD is living with the unknown and the maybe. I don't know. This might happen. This might not. So when we give reassurance, you're okay, you're safe, or you're not going to get sick. Even though that is good mom and dad stuff to do when we have our typical kids wanting reassurance, it's not good if we're reassuring OCD. So that's confusing, right? Because how are you supposed to know when it's normal reassurance and when it's OCD reassurance? It's tricky. I mean, there really is no easy answer. The key is to know your child's OCD. Figure out your child's OCD themes. And I'll do a whole episode on OCD themes so that you can really understand it. Today's episode is more of just an overall snapshot of how to parent a child with OCD. And then I want to get into the nitty gritty and talk about different aspects. So subscribe because I'm going to be talking a lot about OCD and anxiety, but a lot more OCD stuff is coming as well. So find out what your child's OCD theme is. You know, are they afraid of germs? Are they afraid that something bad is going to happen? Are they concerned that they did something bad that they didn't do? When you know your child's OCD theme, it becomes easier to recognize if they're doing a compulsion versus just typical behavior. So up next, I want to talk to you about how to handle situations when it's obvious your child's doing a ritual and it involves you. And then we're going to also talk about how do you handle situations that don't involve you. Do you say something when your child's doing a compulsive behavior or do you let it go? Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay, so let's talk about how to handle situations when they involve you. So a lot of times kids will want their parents to redo something or to wash their own hands. I've had kids that I work with where they won't hug their parents unless the parent has already taken a shower or wash their hands. And so that involves you because you're accommodating the OCD or a lot of times more often than not, it's confessional OCD where the child will want to confess something to the parent and they want the reassurance from the parent that says it's okay. So let me give you an example. They might say, you know, mom, I think I called someone on the bus today fat And then the parent might say, well, did you call someone fat? And then the child might say, well, I think I might have, or I thought that I was going to call him fat, but I'm not sure if I did. And then the parent might normalize it and say, well, that's okay, honey. Don't worry about it. You know, we all have thoughts like that, but as long as you didn't say it out loud, you're fine. Or they might take a different approach and they might say, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be judgmental and you shouldn't call someone fat. So 
either way, they're actually addressing the child's fear. When in reality, if the child is having a confessional OCD moment, those fears that they're having are not real. I mean, that's what OCD, that's what OCD does to you. It gives you intrusive thoughts that are not your own and it will make kids feel like they have done something that they haven't done. So when they're tattling on themselves, they're just having a compulsive behavior and they're looking for the reassurance. And so they want the parent to say that it's okay. Or they even want the parent to say, don't do that because they're just looking to complete that OCD loop. So when your child confesses, the best way to handle it is to say to them, tell your OCD, I'm not talking to it. And if you listen to any of my episodes or any of my YouTube videos, I always tell parents to name whatever, to name their anxiety or name their OCD, totally big on personifying OCD and anxiety. So if you haven't done that already, name it because it makes it so much easier to, to battle when it's not your child, it's your child's OCD. So for this episode, let's pretend we're going to call it O. That's a really common name that I have a lot of the teenagers give it because you can talk about O in public. You can talk about O in front of their friends and no one knows what you're talking about. So it's good. So let's say that your child is confessing to you and they have confessional OCD and they're saying, you know, mom, I'm sorry, but I think that when I walk through the door, I hit the wood panel and I think I put a dent in our wall. And then you recognize this as confessional OCD and you just say, you know what? Tell O to leave you alone. I'm not talking to O and, and I want, I wish O would leave you alone. So that helps because you're not putting them down. You're not ignoring them but you're also helping them label the fact that one, that's their OCD, not them. And two, you're not going to give reassurance to O because if you do, you're starting to get your cement truck out and you're starting to pave a highway and you don't want to do that. That's how you want to handle that. And it's good to talk to your child about OCD. And if you don't have any books on it, get a book on it. What to do when your brain gets stuck. That's a good book. There's a lot of books on OCD I'm in the middle of making an online parenting class for OCD to teach you guys how to help your kids, because I know some kids just refuse to go to therapy. Sometimes it's hard to find a therapist that specializes in CBT and exposure therapy, and sometimes it's too expensive. So I'm, I'm like knee deep working on that parenting course. And if you want to sign up for the class, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes because I do have a waiting list. So if you want to get in when I'm finally done with it, I will put you on my email list and let you know, but I'm telling you this because I'm going on a total tangent. I had an artist create a video that I'm going to include in this parenting class. It's like a two minute, I think it's even less than two minutes, maybe a minute and a half video that is like a cartoon and it explains how OCD works in the brain. And it's very simplistic. And even in my therapy practice, I make kids watch this video. I'm like, here, just watch this video because I used to try to draw it out on my whiteboard because I wanted to explain to kids how OCD works in the brain. And so I would make these horrible drawings on my whiteboard and totally confuse kids. And they'd be like, wait, what, what is she drawing? So I hired an artist, an illustrator, I guess you would call it to make like a whiteboard illustration. And it looks really good. And I show that to kids and they're like, Oh, because you want a child to understand that when they give in to O, that O grows bigger and O will grow a bigger highway in their brain. And we don't want that. And when you ignore O and you go down to 
what I call the reviewer in my video who reviews it and says, okay, we don't really need to worry about this. We're going to let it go. Then we create a better, newer highway and we circumvent that road. So the video explains it really well, and it's going to be included in my class so that parents can just show this video to their kids. But there's plenty of great books out there in the interim. What to do when your brain gets stuck is a really good one to explain OCD to your kids because you want them to understand that you're not being horrible and you're not being cruel, but that when you give in to OCD, OCD gets bigger and stronger and you're not helping OCD. So even young kids, like I have talked to four-year-olds and I've explained that to them. You know, we've named it, you know, and it's like, Mr. Bossy wants you to do this. And when you give in to Mr. Bossy, then Mr. Bossy grows bigger. So it's not an age thing. You can explain this to even young kids and they will get it. And when you do that, then when you don't give in to their ritualistic behavior, you're not being mean and they may not be as angry at you. (laughs) I say as angry because they're going to get upset. I'm sorry, but they are because they're having an OCD moment and they just want you to complete their compulsive behavior with them and then they'll be done. But unfortunately, the more you do it, the more they're going to do it back and it grows. So you can say, I'm not talking to O, or you can say, I wish O would leave you alone. So I'll give you another example of this, but in a situation that doesn't involve you, because often parents will ask me, what should I do if I see them doing their compulsive behavior, but it doesn't involve me? So should I say, Hey, like stop washing your hands? Or should I say, Hey, touch the doorknob. I saw you use, you know, using your elbows to touch the doorknob, or should I make them do things that they're avoiding because of their OCD? And that's a really good question. And it kind of depends on what's going on. And if obviously if you have a therapist confer with them because they know your child and they know what's going on, but in general, there's a way to speak to them without completely getting them angry. I'll give you an example. So my seven-year-old son, he has OCD tendencies and who knows where it's going to go. And hopefully, you know, we can squash it. We call it Mr. Bossy. So he's got a worry cloud. If you ever listen to any of my episodes, you're like, oh my gosh, this poor woman. (laughs) Well, maybe you're not, but you should be. No, I'm just kidding. So we started with a worry cloud and then he started to get OCD tendencies. And so he calls it Mr. Bossier. I wanted to call it Mr. Bossy. And then he was like, no, it's Mr. Bossier. So I thought that's kind of cute. So we'll call it Mr. Bossier. He was scooting down the stairs one day and I noticed it and it was odd behavior. You want to be very aware of your child's behavior, because if you can catch these things early, they're not that hard to crush, but if they have time to grow big and develop, they're 10 times harder to tackle. So he was scooting down the stairs and I was like, in my head, I'm like, Oh gosh, that's, that's weird behavior. That's not good. And he has had a history of doing some OCD compulsions, you know, where he's shook his head and he's done some things where I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. So as he's scooting down the stairs, I didn't say, and I could have said, Hey, that's Mr. Boss. You're, you need to stand up and walk. That would have probably upset him. And it probably would have made him angry. And what I did was upset him and anger him anyway. So <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. So I said to him, Hmm, it looks like Mr. Boss. is making you scoot down the stairs. That's too bad. And then he said, that's not Mr. Bossier. I just like scooting down the stairs. 
And I was like, mm, okay, it looks like Mr. Bossier to me. And I just walked away and I, I didn't see him scooting down the stairs again. I saw him struggling and he kind of like held on to the banister really tight as he was going because I knew what was going on with him. His Mr. Bossier had told him that he was going to fall down the stairs because he has an ongoing worry about falling down the stairs. And because I already knew that that was one of his worries when he started to do compulsive behavior around that fear, it was really obvious to see that that's what was going on. So he worked at it because he was annoyed with me and he wanted to prove me wrong. And so he held really tight to the banister and eventually he started walking down the stairs without a problem. So he may not have done that if, and he probably wouldn't have done that if I hadn't highlighted it and said that that was an OCD behavior. But because I did that in the language that we created by saying Mr. Bossier, it brought that to his attention. It brought that to his awareness. And because he's stubborn like his mama, he was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to let her tell me this is Mr. Bossier. So in fact, he was really, he was fighting me and, and not his Mr. Bossier, which it doesn't even matter because it's a win-win because he stopped doing it and we got rid of that compulsive behavior before it even began, which is what you want to do. So if you see your child is washing their hands, I'm just going to use that as an example because it's a really common one, but it's also kind of a stereotype because there's so many more compulsions than just that. But if you see your child washing their hands and you can tell that it's their OCD, then you might just walk by and just say something like, oh, it's too bad that O is really bothering you. Or, oh, I wish, I didn't mean to say O, O. (laughs) Or you could say, I wish that your O would leave you alone. You can say it in a sympathetic way without sounding demeaning or minimizing or um, being overreactive where you're like, you know, don't let O make you wash your hands or you should stop washing your hands. Your hands are already clean or look at your hands. They're so red already. You need to stop doing that. When you tell kids just to stop doing it, what they do is they just stop telling you. And you don't want OCD to go undercover because when OCD goes undercover, it's harder to detect, obviously, and it's harder to battle because then they start doing mental compulsions and you'll never see it. And they'll just look like they're spacing out and they'll look like they're not focusing and you'll never know what's going on. So you don't want to drive OCD undercover. And that's why sometimes just noting it, sometimes that's a good thing. Oh, I wish that your O wasn't bothering you. Or it looks like that's an O problem. And if your child's getting super angry with you doing that, you want to recognize that and have a conversation with them and say, if that's bothering you, I won't even do that because it's their battle, not yours. And if it's not involving you, you might want to get their opinion, especially if they're a little bit older, what would help you? Does it annoy you when I do that? Or is it helpful? And if it's really not super annoying, you want to do that because it highlights the OCD and they're more likely to fix it. If the ritual involves you, you absolutely do not want to give in. So if they want to make you implicitly involved in their compulsion, you want to say, you know what? You can do your OCD compulsion, but I'm not going to do it because I love you and I'm not going to give in to your OCD. I can't control you and what you do in your battle, but I can control me And I'm not going to be part of it because I love you and I want the OCD to leave you alone. So that's what I would recommend when kids are trying to involve you. Now, I know that's easier said than done, and you're going to have to gauge whether that's too much for your child. 
And so if your child is just having too much of a hard time without you completing their ritualistic loop and giving into their compulsion, you can at least delay it. So you can say something like, I will, I will talk to you about that and I will give O an answer, but I'm not going to talk to O for 10 minutes. So then you start doing the delay approach, which is a skill and a tactic that I will talk about in future episodes, but it's another way to teach your kids how to combat OCD, because if they can't just completely not do their compulsion, you at least want to teach them to delay it and eventually they won't do it at all. That's the hope. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Just give you a brief understanding of your role in your child's OCD and some ideas of how to approach your child. If you have questions or you have a particular issue you want me to cover on OCD or anxiety, please shoot me a note and let me know. You can message me or talk to me in my private Facebook group. And if you're not a member, go over there and join it at AT Parenting Anxious Kids. Or you can go to my website at anxioustollers.com and hit the contact button. If you are enjoying this podcast, as always, if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would make my week and I would really appreciate it. I check that all the time and I'm like, did anybody leave a review? So if you're listening to this and you haven't left a review yet and you're like, shoot, I've been meaning to leave Natasha a review, please do that today because I check it all the time because that's like the only feedback that I get that I'm making a difference in your life. So if you could do that, that would be great. I hope you're having a wonderful week. And until next time, I hope you find the sparkle in every day. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.